How is it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Buddy's House of Horror Podcast. We are finally on to season two of the original run of the House of Horror. And today's episode is actually a top ten list coming at you from October 15th, 2019. Me and my good friend Aldo Pryor sat down to discuss the top ten modern horror classics. It was a really fun conversation, so instead of listening to me talk about it here, I'm going to keep the intro short and sweet as always. If you guys haven't subscribed to the show yet, make sure you go ahead and do that and leave me a rating and review. And if you're not subscribed over on my YouTube channel yet, you gotta make sure you do that as well. I'm having 31 videos come out this October just in time for the spooky season, so you definitely don't want to miss it. Without further ado, we're gonna get right to the show, so as always, take care and stay spooky. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the House of Horror, and we're doing something a little bit different today. Normally with my top 10 list, I do them scripted. They're long videos, but today we're going to do something even longer than my notoriously long videos. We're going to be doing an unscripted top 10 list, or maybe it's a top 20, because we've got another person in the House of Horror today. And why don't you introduce yourself, my dear friend? Hey, my name is uh, Alex Del Pryor. I've really got a... Got no reason to be known aside from being friends with Buddy, but uh, I'm looking forward to kind of sharing my thoughts on some of these horror movies. Well, before we go ahead and get started with our list, why don't you, um, I guess, tell tell us a little bit how you got into horror and what some of your favorite movies of all time are um, that may maybe not necessarily be on this list, but what are some of your favorite films? Yeah, so, uh, so growing up, I was actually never really that into horror movies or really movies in general, um, with the exception of... Halloween on Halloween, I never really watched many horror movies, um, and maybe Saw, I, I got into when I was a kid too, but then when I graduated college, I had some time where I had nothing to do, so I went through and watched movies that I should have seen a long time ago, uh, one of them being my favorite horror movie of all time, which is The Shining, and that movie alone got me really hooked on the horror genre, and ever since then, I've just been watching every movie that I can. Cool, so The Shining is obviously... Very old film, but we are getting the sequel coming out pretty soon. Um, but today we're going to be talking about some of these recent horror films, because today we're going to be talking about our top ten modern horror films. I think that's what we'll call it. I don't, I'm not really sure what we're going to be titling this one. But the way I kind of wanted to do this list is I didn't want it to be like the top ten movies of the 2010s, because basically, like, decades are never defined by their year years really because i mean like say like we're talking about the 60s for example like when people say the 60s it's not 1960 through 1969 they're really talking about like the later 60s like you know what i mean like it's not like once you hit a year that ends that ends with a zero the culture of the world immediately changes so i wanted to make this a little like longer than that so i said maybe like from 2007 until now Basically because that's when we were freshmen in high school. So when I kind of think of like the modern era, it's kind of like from high school until now. Um, and plus we get a little further than that and we get into like the Saw movies and stuff like that. So I don't really consider the Saw movies too modern. So I thought that 2007, when we were freshmen in high school, would be a good sort of cutoff year um, for that. Um, so yeah, like I said, this is a top 10. It might be a top 20 if you want to look at it that way, but there, I'm sure there's some overlap. Yeah, we're going to overlap on a um, few here. Did you put any... I know I mentioned that for my list, I had some restrictions I put on myself just to make it a little bit more challenging and to try to avoid some of the overlap. Did you do anything to your list 
um, like that? or uh, Not really. I mean, I went in initially and wasn't going to do remakes, but there's one that I had to include on here that I, I don't think you could talk about modern horror without mentioning. So, so no, there were really no restrictions for me. Cool. So, for mine, as I said, I put no, re- no remakes on mine. But had I put remakes, definitely check out Halloween and It. But we'll be talking about it later on, I'm sure, on Al's list. Um, this, that's another thing. We haven't gone through our list together, so we're going into these blind. So he could have some movies on his that I absolutely hate. And likewise. So, yeah, for mine, no remakes. Um, I also tried to exclude horror comedies as much as I can. Like, horror movies can have comedy in it, but I tried to exclude, like, films like Zombieland and like Happy Death Day and like things of that nature where it's very much a comedy with some horror elements in it. I think that's a bit hard to do though cuz some of them are going to kind of overlap a little bit. That's where I, I've got at least one on my list that you'll kind of see what I mean. Yeah. It's, I, I wouldn't call it a comedy, but it, it definitely has some some pretty strong comedy elements. Right. I have one on my list as well. It has a lot of comedy elements, but when I think of Zombieland, I don't think right. it's a horror. I think that's a com- a comedy movie. It just happens right. to have zombies in it. Yeah. Um and also, I decided not to have any foreign language films on my list, okay. um, just for the sake of probably a lot of people listening to this might not be into watching foreign films. Um, like, I could have put Let the Right One In or A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night on my list, but, I, be but I decided not to do that. And also, obviously, we were talking about films, so there's going to be no series on my list, so... Haunting of Hill House, I love you, but you don't qualify today. So that's about it for mine. Um, do you want to start off with any honorable mentions? I, I mean, I just went through a few honorable mentions. Did you have any on your list? Yeah, I'm going to go through a few. I'm going to kind of rapid fire these, so I'm not going to really sit on these for too long. Um, quick warning, spoiler warning here. We will be talking about some spoilers. I'll try not to spoil too much here, but some of these movies are a little bit hard in that instance. Um so the first honorable mention I have is Dead Silence. Uh, I think James Wan's a great director, and I think that's really an underrated movie. I know it's kind of cheesy and kind of cliche at times, but I, I had a blast with that movie. Um, in a similar vein is Last Shift. That's a really, uh, really good movie in my opinion. That had a pretty, pretty predictable twist that still completely caught me off guard. And then I think the last one I'll put, or I guess the last two, I'm going to put Insidious on here, just quick mention of that. It didn't fit in my list, but I think that's a great series overall. It's gotten a little weaker in, uh, in recent memory there. And then the last one is Pawnee Pool, which if you haven't seen that, I'd highly recommend it. I don't want to say too much about Pawnee Pool because it's very hard to discuss what's going on without giving it away, but it's a very, uh, a very unique movie. Yeah, and you mentioned Insidious, so I actually forgot that I also excluded all big franchises from my list. So you're not going to see any paranormal activities. You're not going to see Insidious, um, things of that nature. Uh, Conjuring films aren't going to be on my list, although Animal Creation is fucking amazing. That's a good movie. Um, but yeah, I kind of wanted to focus on some maybe not lesser known, but stuff that maybe people don't talk about as much. And these are the films around Halloween that I think everyone should check out and maybe make them a tradition every Halloween um, to watch at least the number one movie on my list because it is very fitting of the season. Um, Well, Al, you are our guest today, so why don't you start us off with your number 10? Okay. My number 10 is a movie called Clown. Uh, Clown's a movie that, to be honest with you, I thought was going to be awful. I was scrolling through Netflix. <laughs> tell tell the story. You just told me it off air, but tell the story. Yeah, <laughs> so so me and my roommate were scrolling through Netflix, and uh, we were just flipping through the horror movies. 
Um, there's not a whole lot of good horror movies on there, so there's a lot of junk. And as we're scrolling through, we flip by, we uh, passed by Clown, and my roommate said, "Hey, why don't we watch Clown?" And I said, "No, it looks kind of shitty. I'm not going to watch that movie." <laughs> and then he said, "You're afraid of clowns, aren't you?" And I'm, I'm personally not, so I said no. And he said, "No, nah, dude, you're afraid of clowns." <laughs> so he never let that go. Uh, a few weeks later, we're looking again for a movie. And we pass Clown again, and he says, uh, I wish we could watch Clown, but you're afraid of clowns. And I was just so kind of fed up with that, that I said, fuck it, we're going to watch Clown then. And we watch Clown. And honestly, I don't regret it at all. It's a, it's a true gem. Um, clown kind of dips into the comedy aspect a little bit. It's very weird. I don't know that it's necessarily comedy as much as it is just bizarre. <laughs> But it's, it's certainly a great movie. If you've never seen it, so Clown's about a guy who he's uh, he's throwing a birthday party for his son, and the clown cancels on them, and he conveniently finds a clown costume in his attic, maybe his attic, maybe his basement. It's been a few years since I've seen it. And so he, he tries to become the clown himself. He puts it on, and then after the party, he can't get the clown costume off, and he slowly transforms into, uh, into I don't even know what... Uh, what mythology it is but what they call a cloin it's essentially like a, a horror clown and it's real twisted it's real bizarre there's some real weird scenes in that movie but it, it's 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 quite a gem and i'd highly recommend it yeah that's one that i've never seen and again it's one that i've scrolled past on netflix like a hundred times and it's like this looks like shit it does because like yeah. even like the uh the post the like the thumbnail like you see of it it's just like this grainy image of a clown it's like all right well this is either super low budget or just crap um, but then you were telling me a little bit about it before we started recording here, so I think that's going to be one I'm going to have to check out this year. Um, but yeah, and it certainly won't be the the last clown on either of our lists. No, that's for sure. Um, so number 10 on my list, um, the reason I have this one number 10 is because it's been a few years since I've seen it, so I don't really know if it holds up as well as it did when I first checked it, and the memes have sort of done it to death. But for number 10, I have The Babadook on my list. Um, Mainly because, I mean, it introduced a new... I don't want to say, like, horror icon, but it introduced, like, a new thing that people are scared of until the memes came out, obviously. Um, Because, what, they, like, released it on Netflix on Gay Pride Day or something, so he was, like, the ambassador for... (laughs) Yeah, he was an icon in the LGBTQ community for a little bit. But, yeah, and partially it's number 10 because it's been a few years since I've seen it. So I don't really remember how much I liked it. So it's 10 because it could go either way. Like if it was off my list, I wouldn't mind. But I feel like it has enough notoriety that it probably should be on my list. Um, And yeah, I mean, there's not too much to say about it. It definitely falls into the camp that we get into in modern horror films where the lead character is dealing with some sort of trauma. And it's much more about the relationship between the human characters and the evil sort of manifests through that um and we're gonna see that with some other films on the list as well um but yeah babadook is my number 10 yeah babadook's a weird movie for me i i almost put it on my list but i honestly i didn't love it the first time i saw it and it's a movie that i've grown to appreciate more over time um it was a movie that had an, a, a tremendous amount of hype behind it so oh yeah for sure i think it was just way overhyped for me but when i first saw it i thought it was okay and 
I, I think I need to go back and rewatch it because there's the elements of it being about grief more than it being about the actual Babadook, for example. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a really a good premise for a movie. There's scenes like that scene when she's watching the news and there's that story about the mom who kills her kid and then it, it flashes to her face in the window. Right. These scenes like that were incredibly well done and genuinely eerie. Um, I think the thing that made me dislike that movie is that kid because he is just oh, I- the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stand that kid. It was I felt like the whole movie I was I was rooting for the Babadook in that, which, <laughs> yeah. which is terrible. But yeah, but I I couldn't do the kid, and maybe I gotta just give it another shot. Yeah, and, I, and I, again, I just think it's it's kind of cool. Like it introduced like the the creepy book thing, and I just think that's like a neat idea. Um, and I don't even know if they make those books. They should make those books because I would definitely buy one. Yeah, I would. Uh, but yeah, again, I have it number ten because you could easily chop it off if it's not as good as I remember. But I remember liking it okay. Like it wasn't the greatest thing, um, so that's why it's number ten. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I guess I'll just go to number nine on mine, and then we'll go to we'll like go back and forth. Okay. I guess so. Number nine on mine is actually the most recent movie on my list, and it's the most recent movie that I've seen in theaters. Number nine on my list, it's new, but I think it's going to be staying around for a long time. I've actually got scary stories to tell in the dark as my number nine. Um, I think this is a great gateway horror film for not necessarily kids, but if you're a teenager or you have kids that are teenagers, this might be a good film to be like, all right, this is what a horror film is. This is what horror can do for you. Like, it's not something like... Like, I guess when you're a little kid, like, I used to watch, like, the Alvin and Chipmunks meet the Wolfman and stuff. Yeah. And, like, that's cool, but, I mean, that's not really, like, scary. But this is the first one where it's like, all right, you want to scare your kids, but not too much. Um, and I just really like the story. The story. Um, it's basically the same thing as the Goosebumps movie, where the book actually exists in this universe. Um, it's a little different than Goosebumps in that aspect, because it's not a book you buy in stores. It's like a haunted book. But the story sort of manifests into the real world and again that's a good idea i haven't seen goosebumps but i'm assuming this pulls it off way better than goosebumps but yeah i I really liked the film a lot actually it had some actual good jump scares and i'm a big practical effects guy and a lot of the effects are done practically with some cg enhancements um so that's always good to see and yeah i thought it was really really solid um and yeah i can see myself watching it many times in the future so yeah i haven't actually seen that one it's one that holly and i were going to see just never got around to it i've, I've heard the practical effects are great in it and from what i've seen they they look really really good way better than cgi typically would. oh yeah for sure um i do remember as a kid finding one of those scary stories to tell in the dark books and uh i remember losing sleep over those books and being <laughs> real terrified there was one about a uh uh, a guy flashing his headlights to essentially keep a murderer away in someone's back seat, and that one really, really messed with me as a kid. But yeah, I haven't got around to seeing it. I, I plan to see that as soon as it releases physically. Yeah, like as a kid, I don't think I ever actually read the stories, but I had all the books and would just be terrified of the pictures. <laughs> yeah. But I wasn't really into reading them. I just wanted to look at them. I'm still that way now. I don't, I don't really <laughs> read as much as I should. Yeah, I, I try know. though. I'm getting better. Um, but yeah, it's a solid flick. Um, what is number nine on yours? All right, number nine on mine is, ironically, yours was the newest, mine's the oldest. This is one that just barely makes a 2007 cut. I put Trick or Treat at number nine. Um, Trick or Treat's actually a movie that I really went a long time without seeing. I saw this two weeks ago, maybe, and it's been one that I've just somehow dodged. Um, I always would see Sam pop up everywhere. He's he's pretty iconic. He's kind of all, all over, but... 
I never really thought to watch it. For some reason, I assumed it was older than it is. I thought it was... I, it, it was released in 2007, but it didn't get, like, a wide release. Like, even still, it didn't get a wide release, but it wasn't really seen until around 2009. Um, it hit the festival circuits in 07, but 2009 was when it really started to pick up steam there. Okay. Yeah, but I think it's just it's just a fun movie. I, I had fun with it throughout. The, the four stories that they tell throughout it are all very interesting and all pretty different and pretty varied, and I thought it was just a blast of a movie. Very cool. Trick or treat. Um, I'm going to keep my mouth shut for now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what was number uh, eight on your list? Let's see. Number eight. I, I wonder if we're going to get any that are the same number. Uh, uh, I don't think so, but it would be, be crazy so. if we did. Number eight, I'm going to put It Follows at number eight. Which it follows is another one that kind of had to grow on me a little bit. Um, the, when I initially saw it follows, I, I saw it in theaters actually, um, and I, I remember liking it, but not liking it to the extent that everybody else did. I thought the the homage to throwback horror was really cool. The soundtrack was phenomenal. It was very well shot, but like I, I didn't really appreciate some of it more or some of it so much. But the, as I've as I've seen it more and as I've seen more scenes from it, I've really grown to appreciate it. There's some scenes that have stuck with me through that movie, like the the tall guy with no eyes. Right. Where he just kind of pops up in that doorway. That scene still sticks with me. I still think that's genuinely creepy. Um, it's not a movie that relies too heavily on jump scares, although from what I remember, there are, there are a couple of them, but... It's it's a, a good horror movie. It's a little bit cliche in some at some points. I wouldn't say it's totally an original premise, but it is a cool spin on that whole idea. And I yeah, I think it's just a, a very fun movie. Cool. Um, just for the sake of keeping conversation going, I'm going to flip my eight and my seven, so we can just keep talking about it. Follows. Okay. Perfect. Um, so yeah, we'll, so we'll put eight, it follows at my number eight. Um, again, I mean everything you said. Um, about it. I do have some problems with it as well, which keep it from going a little higher on my list. Um, like the ending, I think, is a little little rocky there. Like, I still yeah. don't think that that completely makes sense. Um, I guess I won't ruin it right now in case for some reason you haven't seen it. But I, the thing I like most about it is I feel when you're watching it, you're watching 80s trash. Like, the one shot where, like, the girl's on the wheelchair and it's, like, the POV shot. Like, that's right. straight out of an 80s movie. Um, and with so many horror films making the main characters, all they want to do is have sex. They're running around sexing up everyone. This is the movie that made sex scary. Yeah. Because the monster is essentially an STD. Right. And it's getting passed from person to person, slowly taking them out. Um, and like you said, there are a few jump scares, but they are minimal. The only one I can think of off the top of my head is when they're like in that beach cabin yeah, that's and the guy just kind of comes, even though that makes no sense whatsoever. Cause the rest of the time they're just walking. So I don't know why all of a sudden he decided he was going to hide and then jump out. Um, so that was a little strange, but I mean, yeah, overall it's very fun. Um, again, I do have some issues with sort of, I don't know, not the mythology, but whatever they're trying to say about it. Like yeah, the, I, th- I think there's there's always an element in horror movies where you kind of need to spend your uh, your disbelief a little bit. And like some of the rules aren't real flushed out in this. Like, for example, what, what happened if you went overseas? Can, the, can it swim? Like, they don't really explain things like that. So there are some things like that that I found a little confusing, I guess, but... But overall, I thought it was a pretty solid movie. Right. So for my number seven, um, I know that you hate the sequel, 
but I actually enjoyed the first Sinister. <laughs> Sinister is number two on my list. Oh, really? So we're, we're jumping a lot forward cool. on that. I love that movie. Cool. Well, I will keep it brief so we can just keep moving on there. Sinister is really cool. Um, I like that. Well, I guess we'll talk about it when it gets to number two, but just know that it's number seven on my list, and we'll, we'll go more in we'll depth. We'll go more depth then? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So, number seven, Sinister, okay. for me. Uh, number seven on mine, I know Buddy and I are going to overlap on this one, but it's Oculus. Um, Oculus is a, a great piece. I think Mike Flanagan's arguably the most uh, underrated director in horror movie now. I mean, everything he's made has been good, from Hush to Gerald's Game to... Uh, Ouija Origin of Evil, which I haven't seen, but I've heard nothing but good I, things Yeah, of. the first Ouija is supposed to be terrible, but yeah. then he kind of took the reins for the second one. He pulled and, the Annabelle creation. Yeah, and he made it way better than it had any business being, basically. Yeah, so I think Mike Flanagan's great. Um, admittedly, I don't... I've. It's been a few years since I've seen Oculus, and I remember bits and pieces of it specifically, but the mo- the majority of the movie's kind of lost on me at this point, but I do remember that I, I loved every second of it. I thought it was a fun movie. The premise was unique, Um I can't really speak too much to scene by scene, however. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love everything Mike Flanagan's done. <laughs> Basically, everything that I've seen, at least. I haven't seen, like, his early short films and stuff, but he did that film Before I Wake. I don't know if you've seen that. that I haven't, no. That one's pretty good. That one, it kind of, like, it kind of goes with, like, the Hill House th- sort of thing. Okay. Where everyone was, like, expecting this big, like, scary payoff, and this one, it's a much more emotional payoff. Okay. Um, which a lot of people didn't like in Hill House, but I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, and that's why I like Before I Wake as well. Um, but that's not on my list, because I decided I only wanted one Flanagan film on the list, because I would have probably had Gerald's Game and other stuff. And Michael Sleep, um, not Michael Sleep, Doctor Sleep doesn't come out for a few more weeks, and I'm yeah. very excited for that. I'll meet you. That'll certainly... Um, That'll probably be on the list. Yeah, so that would that would probably be on the list if we were making this list in November. Yeah. Um, so that was your number... Number seven? Number seven. So what is your number six? My number six is is my most recent film on here. It's Midsummer. Um, anybody who knows me knows that I love Ari Aster. Um, this is not the only Ari Aster film on my list, but I think that goes without saying. Uh, Midsummer was... A great movie. It it takes it takes a lot from Hereditary, wherein the horror isn't necessarily right in front of you. It's more of kind of the deterioration of relationships, deterioration of uh, structure, I guess. And I thought that was really well done. There were some scenes in Midsummer that really really messed with me, and they weren't even the scenes that you would expect. Um, I don't know that I want to spoil this movie with just how new it is, but I will say there's a scene about. Five to ten minutes in. That oh just, yeah, it's the opening scene. Oh, uh, it just it, it is, messed with me big time. It was it's it's disturbing. Uh, honestly, and this is one of the only maybe might be the only one on the list that we disagree on because I did not like this movie. That's okay. Um, but I here's the thing: I liked parts of it, but I don't think the parts of it I liked warrant a rewatch. Like I don't think I could ever watch the entire thing again, especially the three and a half hour. How long was the director's cut? So it wasn't three and a half. It was a little bit under three hours. I think the original cut was only about two hours and twenty minutes. Um, the original cut, it admittedly does feel longer than it is. I'll give it that. Um, I can understand people's issue with this movie. I think it is fairly pretentious. Oh, it's incredibly pretentious. <laughs> but that being said, I think it's a beautiful movie. Uh, it's it's very colorful and bright, which is very unusual for horror. The tone is great in that aspect. 
And I, I've always loved, and I, I guess that's hard to say with only two movies behind his belt, two full-length movies, but I've always loved how he portrays, like, deteriorating relationships. He did that so well in Hereditary, and I think it continues that in Midsummer, and I really, really appreciated that. Right, yeah. Like, there were a lot of elements of Midsummer that I liked, but for me, it was a tad too pretentious, yeah. and, like, it felt like he was trying to say, like, this big, like, grand... Um, hidden meaning thing, and a lot of the things he was saying wasn't really that deep. And I don't know, like for me, it just didn't do it for me. Like I obviously like bits and pieces of it, but the full thing I didn't really care for. I might be doing a full review of it at some point. But yeah, yeah, no, I get that. So I guess my my only thing with it, the reason I think it's such a, a great movie, is I think that for it being a movie about essentially cults and some wild shit happening over in uh, in Sweden, right? It's surprisingly relatable because the message behind it isn't so much about cults as much as it's about real relatable things like right. relationships and I think that's what that's what I appreciated about it so much is for it's it's a lot more real than I would expect that movie to be oh yeah and I, I it doesn't have a ton to do with like the majority of the film but I do really really love the opening and that was something that really struck a chord with me yeah. and yeah like that and from there it was kind of all downhill for me but <laughs> i really really loved the intro um yeah so that was number what on your list that was five. that was my six that was number six yep so number six on my list um i know i said i didn't want to do too much of the horror comedy thing and this is this is mainly a horror film but it's got some comedy elements into it um cabin in the woods that's my number five. That's your number five? So, yeah. Cool. So we're like right up to the to the same thing yeah. here. Um, so Cabin in the Woods, um, this is probably one that if you haven't seen, we shouldn't spoil too much of it, uh, even though... I don't know. It's been out so long. I almost, it has been out. I don't me. think we can talk about this much without spoiling it. Right. Because the, the, the twist is, what, that's ten minutes into the movie, right? R- yes. Around so there. Let's, let's give a quick spoiler warning. Let's give people what... I'm going to say five seconds. Sure. Spoilers. All right. We're back. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I love Cabin in the Woods. I, I like the the twist on, on ex- expectations, I guess. I remember when Cabin in the Woods came out. I was in college at the time. And a bunch of my roommates were going to see Cabin in the Woods. And I'd seen, I'd seen a lot of trailers for it. And the trailers sold it as a straightforward horror movie, essentially. It looked, right. It looked kind of Evil Dead-y. And it just seemed, it seemed generic to me, so I wasn't interested. And then when they came back, everybody had nothing but good things to say about it, and they tried to sell me on it. And I didn't actually get around to seeing it until about two or three years later. I bought it on Black Friday at Kmart one day, and it was on sale for like <laughs> three bucks on Blu-ray. And then I think I watched it a year and a half after that. And I wish I didn't wait so long, because it is a fantastic movie. Yeah, it, and I think part of it... Like, it came out around the same time as, like, the Evil Dead remake. So, a lot of people were like, oh, this is just another right. movie like that. And then, it is 100% not that. It is actually a love letter to every style of horror film you could ever see. Um, there's slasher elements. There is Cabin in the Woods elements. Like, there's elements of everything, and it just goes completely batshit insane <laughs> when you figure out what really is going on here. It's almost a satire, Oh, it's, it's 100% yeah, it's, satire. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, but again, it leans a lot on the comedy as well, but it's still very horrific at parts. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's really cool. And 
I don't know, part of me was, like, turned off of it at the beginning because Chris Hemsworth was in it, and it was, like, the height of Thor fame. I was like, I don't want to see this movie with Thor. <laughs> well, like, another spoiler alert, he's not in it very long. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he goes pretty quick, but, um, yeah, I, I loved it. I think the last ten mo- minutes of that movie, ten, twenty minutes, are an absolute masterpiece. Shit hits the fans so hard, and it gets so wild that if, if you haven't seen the movie... I'd recommend watching it for the last 20 minutes or so alone. It's worth it just for that part. Yeah. So that was my number six. Mm-hmm. Number five on my list, we're revisiting the clowns again, and I've got Terrifier as number five. Okay. Um, I might have it up a little too high <laughs> looking at it now, um, but, I mean, I don't know what to say about it that hasn't already been said. Um, it's another killer clown movie, but it's not like it, and it's not like clown. Um, it's a little different. Um Again, this is another one where you get the essence of 80s trash. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> which, big which, time. Which I love. Um, I'm not a super big gore guy, but I like it when done right. And here, if it had a bigger budget, it would have been done very, very well. But for what it is, I think it's very good and cool and disturbing. And it's not too often in a horror film where the killer uses a gun <laughs> at, yeah. at, at <laughs> some <true>. point. <laughs> um but yeah, it's really cool. I haven't seen All Hallows Eve, which is the sort of prequel that's to it. That's where Art came from, right? Yes. Yeah. So like that's an anthology film where Art kind of like he's the kind of like link that like makes all the anthology films go together. Um, but I haven't seen it yet. It's supposed to be very good as well. Um, but yeah, Terrifier itself, it was very very hyped for me when I first saw it, and for me it disappointed a little bit because everyone was talking about how it was like the best thing ever. Like, Miles fucking loves that. Miles Ackroyd loves that movie. Um, and we we have a group message on my phone with my old roommates and stuff and Emily's friends. It's called Art the Clown is the name of our group <laughs> message. So it's something I think about nearly every day of my life. Um, so, yeah, there's no way that Terrifier could not be on my list. Yeah, I think it's a good one. I It didn't make my list, and I probably would have thrown in honorable mentions, but I figured you'd be talking about it. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I actually think so. So I personally don't love gore. It's not really what I'm into in horror movies. And the gore scene in that movie, I actually like how low budget it was because it made it not as horrific as it should have been. I think had that had like a saw budget, that scene would have been very, very fucked. Oh, yeah. But it didn't. And I think that actually added to the kind of cheesiness. It is a little campy at times. Oh, yeah. Um, My gripe with that movie is I didn't care for the ending at all. Yeah, it's a little, like the the twist or just the whole like ending. Just the portion. ending, the ending gotcha. portion. I, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but aside from that, I mean, it's it's a fun movie. It's a, it's a, a fun watch. If, sure. if I did have one gripe with it, I guess it's that like the at the, during the beginning portions of the film, we're following like the main girls of it. Yeah. And spoiler warning: if you haven't seen it, not that it really matters, but they sort of get they sort of get the axe real quick. Yeah. And then the rest of the time, we're kind of following like. The, what the maintenance guy right. and a couple other things and it's like we don't we don't care about these people right um, but again Art the Clown is the draw so I mean I guess I can forgive it for that yeah but. he's worth it and the style of it's really cool it's it's a real dark and gritty feeling movie I mean you get that just from looking at art too but even the way it's shot everything everything feels very dull oh yeah but I think I think it's well done it fits the style really well. Cool. So what is your number five? So we're skipping my five because that was Cabin in the Woods. Cool. Four. We're going to start getting into some some pretty obvious choices I hear, I feel. Um, my number four is Get Out. 
Uh, oh, whoa, my number four is also Get Out. Oh, we did match one. We did then. match, unintentionally, we did match one. But I, I thought Get Out's a great movie. It's I, I don't really know what I can say that hasn't already been said. Um, everything from the kind of social commentary in that movie, I think it makes some really, really strong points. The line that sticks out to me is always when um, when her dad says, I would have vo- voted for Obama a third time if I could. <laughs> the that word, line the sticks worst. out to me because it's so ironically racist, it's, even though he's trying not to be racist. And that's just, it's such a good statement there that he's making. But also, I thought I was genuinely, like, the twist was great, and I didn't see it coming. The whole movie kept me on edge. It was entertaining. It was even comedic at times i don't buy into people calling it a comedy film and i do get a little bit annoyed with that and that happened with us too when us came out and everybody's saying it's it's basically a comedy it's, it's not they have it has com- some, they have comedic yeah. elements it's certainly not a comedy right it certainly has elements that i laughed at like all of little rel's part like I, yeah he's he's funny in it but it's not a comedy just the whole tone of that movie is it's pretty dark and not comedic, but I, I get why people think that, I guess. But I like Jordan Peele's um, own in, interpretation of the genre. Like, back when Get Out first came out, everyone was like, oh, it's a horror, oh, it's a comedy, and I, he just put on Twitter, no context, he just said, it's a documentary. <laughs> the That's pretty good. I think he's in these movies, too, didn't he? I think he, he lent his voice. He's so, on the... He's correct like, me if I'm wrong, but I think he's the deer they hit, isn't he? He makes the deer noises, and I believe he's... <laughs> He also plays, like, a TV reporter, like, in the background, like, his voice is used. Okay. But, yes, he makes the deer sounds And as he's well. a rabbit in Us, if I'm, if I'm correct. I, I would, <laughs> yeah. If he's the deer in Get Out, I would imagine he's a rabbit in Us. Yeah, I think that's... So he, he finds a way to shove himself in his own movies, which I appreciate. Yes. It's very subtle. Yes, so, as we said, Get Out is also in my list on the same slot. Um, I did not really like Us anywhere near as much as I like Get Out. Um, so, yeah, get. Us is not on my list, spoiler warning. Yeah, um, it's not on mine either. I, I wanted to keep it to one for him. I, I know I did two for Ari Aster, but I wanted to keep one. I, I personally liked Us quite a bit, but I think Get Out was better. Yeah, Get Out was way better. Um, and again, even if you take the social commentary aspect out of it, it still works as a horror film. I mean, obviously that is what the movie is about, but it still works even without that. Right, yeah, um, I agree. And I don't. There's nothing really to say about it that hasn't already been said a thousand times. But yeah, that movie is phenomenal. Um, number four on my list, I think, is a good spot. Um, it's not my favorite on the list, um, but it is very, very good. And I've talked about it on in other shows to death. So I think I'll leave it there. Very good. Um, what is your number three? So number three was is uh, a hard one for me. Uh, when Buddy initially told me this, he, he said that he wasn't doing uh, remakes, and I felt a little bit of pressure to not do remakes on my <laughs> list as well, but there's one remake that I couldn't leave off no matter how much I try, and this will be the last clown movie on our list, I think, <laughs> I, I, I would but hope. It's, it's the It remake, and I, I don't think of this, I know it is a remake, but it's so different than the original that it feels like its own movie at times. I, I think it's so well done, but I... I I'd probably lump Chapter 1 and Chapter 2 in together, although Chapter 1's definitely the stronger of the two movies. Um, I, I don't know what I can say that hasn't been said already, but Skarsgård's incredible in it. For as overdone as it is, the Georgie scene is, is phenomenal, and likewise in the new movie, there's essentially Chapter 2's version of it that I'm not going to spoil since it is so so fresh already, but it is Chapter 2's version of the Georgie scene, and it's also incredibly done. 
Um, they do lean into, into comedy at times. It, it has a little bit of campiness and a little goofiness to it, but I think it fits really well with the tone of the movie. I, I found it weird. I actually talked to some people who didn't like Chapter 2 because they said it was too comedic, mm-hmm. and I don't get what they were expecting because... I think I thought it leans pretty heavily into the the kind of goofiness, but see, Jared didn't like part two not because of the comedic aspects to it. Like we did a whole podcast about this at the time of this recording; it hasn't been released yet. But um, basically, Miles really liked part two, but didn't really like part one as much. Jared was the opposite; he yeah. loved part one, didn't really like part two. I think I'm in like the camp you're in, where it's like I want that six hour supercut. Um, but yeah, like, I obviously enjoy both of the films. Yeah, so. I wish they could, my dream for that, I, I won't call it a franchise, that's done, but I wish they'd find a way to just highlight, essentially just Pennywise fucking with people. Like, I think that'd be <laughs> incredible, because I think some of the best scenes you got were the scenes where he's trying to deceive people, like, like the Georgie scene was incredible, and like, if you can just get a whole movie of just scenes like that, and less of the whole, less of the chase, and less of the fight scenes, where I don't think he shines quite as much, but I, I would, I'd pay to watch that in a heartbeat. Well, I think it, it's like a rumor, but there's rumblings going on that they're making a prequel of sorts, Okay, where it's like Pennywise in a different timeline, like, I, I don't know what year they're gonna make it, but it's basically him with like another group of him just doing it, like his shenanigans and stuff, obviously an unsuccessful one, Yeah, because this would have been before part one and two. Oh, I'd watch it. But, I'd watch it in a heartbeat. But that's the rumor. So that was number... That was three. What is your number three? Is, so number three on my list is Oculus. Okay. As we talked about um, a little bit, um, but I'll elaborate on it a little more here. Um, what I like most about this movie is the brother-sister relationship of it. Essentially, the movie is about, if you haven't seen it, it's about this creepy mirror and basically drives the family mad and it goes through the lineage this mirror's been doing this for centuries basically and many people have perished because of this mirror and at the beginning of the film we learn that the brother killed the father because the father killed the mother or was it the mirror that killed them and made everyone go insane so basically the brother has been put in a mental institution for the past 18 years or whatever like until he was able to be released And the sister, who witnessed the whole thing, was out in the real world trying to track down this mirror. So, now the roles have sort of been reversed. Because the girl has spent her entire life convinced that this mirror is real and caused these horrific things. Where the brother has had it drilled into his skull his entire life that this mirror is not real and he killed his father because he was a crazy kid. So, the dynamic between the two of them is really what makes the movie so great. Um, You get a lot of creepy things going on in this where the mirror is making them do crazy things. And this girl has the plan, like, all set out. Like, she set up cameras in her house. She has everything down to the T. But then they go back and watch the footage, and it's not as they remember it. Right. Um, So, the mirror's playing some games. Um, There's a a part in the movie where she is just casually eating an apple, walking around the house... And then it turns out the apple was a light bulb. Um, there's just so many elements of this movie that are great. Again, this is Mike Flanagan. A lot of people say Ari Aster is the new master of horror. I would say Mike Flanagan <laughs> has that above him See, I, for now. I think there's multiples, what but, I would say to that. Because yeah. I think you could lump him, Jordan Peele, and Ari Aster all in. Right. They're all master class. I think horror is in good hands. Oh, forward. yeah. Moving forward, it's definitely in good hands. 
Um, but yeah, Oculus, one of my personal favorites. Um, I've seen it many, many times. I'll see it again a million times. Um, yeah, it's really, really good. And the performances are really good. And then the one girl went on to be in Guardians of the Galaxy, and I, I did not know that. And then I, I, wa- I watched Gar- She plays Nebula, and I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> so there's that. What's your what's your number two? Number two on my list is most likely number one on your list. It's hereditary. It, it is hereditary. Um, this is another one that's been talked about to death. Um, at first, I didn't really like it that much, but the more I kind of thought about it, the more I liked it. And part of the reason I didn't like it at first and what took me out of it is strictly a personal thing because I knew the main actor. <laughs> Um, cause he was in my friend Dahmer, uh, Alex Wolf. So I knew him yeah. and I, I didn't know he was in the movie going in. So I sit down and I'm like, welp. <laughs> <laughs> so the entire time it was a little strange for me, but in time I've go- grown to appreciate it quite a bit. Um, I do think it's Ari Aster's superior work over Midsummer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it'll be your number one. So you'll talk about it then. Um, so what was your number two? Well, do you want me to just lump in Hereditary now? Because my number two is Sinister. Yeah, Sinister. Oh, yeah. Uh, sure. Let's. We'll go out of sequence a bit. Yeah, I'm just so, going to yeah. piggyback. While we're talking about Hereditary, I'll just kind of piggyback on that. Um, I think Hereditary is a masterpiece. It's arguably my favorite film of all time. Um, Hereditary is a movie that I had... I had a coworker who knew I was into horror movies, and she sent me a link to... Uh, to a report about Hereditary being one of the scariest movies ever made when it debuted at Sundance, like, six to eight months prior to it actually releasing. So I heard the hype coming before. Um, A lot of movies get that kind of hyperbole where everybody calls it the scariest movie of all time. And it always comes out in June. Yeah. We always hear the rumblings around March. Yeah. This is the scariest movie. It happened with The Witch, happened with Hereditary, happens with all these movies. But even happens with bad movies. Oh, it happens with Paranormal Activity. I remember all the people are walking out of the theater. and No one walked out of the theater in that movie unless they were (laughs) bored. But, um... Yeah, so I, I heard all the hype there, and I was just patiently waiting for it. I saw all the trailers as they came out, and the thing I love so much about Hereditary, and we're going to get into major spoiler here because it's hard to talk about the movie without it, um, but the, the trailers spun the movie to be essentially about Charlie. It, it honestly looked... Right. That, that was one of the things about the movie that I really liked. Yeah. Because you're going into the marketing, and you're like, all right, this movie is about creepy little girl making weird bird noises. Yeah. Going like all the time which i do to emily all the time and she hates it but then you go see the movie and spoiler warning she once again is axed like 20 minutes in yeah it's 20 quick. 30 minutes in yeah so. it, that caught me off guard and we went and saw that opening day which i don't i don't go see a lot of movies on opening day because theaters are a little bit obnoxious on opening days so i usually wait a little bit but we went and saw that opening day and as soon as the car scene happened I was just, I was stuck jaw dropped for like 15 minutes straight, and I just didn't know what was coming next, and I thought it was incredible. The entire movie, I felt uncomfortable. I think they, they build tension so well throughout that movie. There's scenes like, just scenes of the dialogue. Tony Collette's incredible in that movie. Oh, yeah, there's for scenes sure. where, there's that scene where she and, uh, and Alex Wolf and Peter, they're arguing at the dinner yeah, table. Oh, yeah. And that scene was just so real and like hard to watch at times, and then she, there's... There's that nightmare where she tells him that she tried to abort him, and that was real messed up. And it was just—it's a disturbing movie through and through. Um, 
there's a lot of complaints of the ending where a lot of people weren't thrilled about the ending because the ending does get a little bit out there, especially for how kind of grounded the movie was overall. I thought yeah, it was pretty yeah, good. I don't I, know I where just... they could have gone, but but I, I really enjoyed the movie overall. I think the misleading marketing is is incredible. I don't know if you if you've gone back and watched the trailer, but they used cuts from um, from Charlie's funeral to imitate the mother's funeral yeah her the, mom's the grandmother funeral. Yeah. yeah so they they did a lot of reusing cuts which i think was really clever and was a really good way to mislead everybody in and admittedly when i saw the trailers before seeing the movie i i was excited because of all the hype i heard but watching the trailers i was kind of like eh, this looks a little generic i don't know if oh, you yeah. felt the same way but i i really didn't think it would be that special i was like oh a, a haunted family it's <laughs> I haven't, haven't seen, seen that, that one yeah. before yeah but it, I, I'm glad I was wrong there, and I love this movie. One, say, one thing I will say about Ari Aster, and this goes for Midsummer as well, I think that he made the act of crying the most disturbing thing on the planet. Oh, yeah. Like, especially in Midsummer. I think it's better in Midsummer than it is Hereditary. Like, the the heaving, and I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's sus. Uh, well, like, he, also, he, he gets great performances out of his actors, too. Oh, yeah. I mean... Uh, Tony Collette was incredible. I thought Alex Wolf was great. I know a lot of people are kind of iffy on his performance, but I thought he was good in it. Um, and then like Florence Pugh in Midsummer was incredible, and uh, what's uh, Jack Rayner was great as well um, in Midsummer. They even he even got a great performance out of Will Poulter, which I didn't expect. Oh yeah. Um, but I, he just he he has a way of getting great performances out of his actors. Um, I don't know if you've ever listened to him talk about kind of what he does to set these actors up. I've never heard the man speak in my life. He's, I've never watched any interviews or anything. Yeah, he, so he talked about Hereditary, and to get them in the, the mindset of that movie, he essentially made them role-play. So I think they filmed it in Utah, strangely, so they're in the middle of nowhere, and he essentially made them role-play where um, Alex Wolf had to take... I'm blanking on her name right now, but he had to take her to... Like, buy clothes or something. Oh, like the the sister? Yeah, and yeah. she was told to be real difficult and essentially be her character, and he was told to be, like, a big brother who didn't want to be doing what he was doing, and it's right. like, it's it's kind of... To make of, it real, yeah. It's kind of insane. Like, the premise of, of doing that seems kind of nuts to me, but it's it's so interesting how he got them in that mindset. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... The only thing I couldn't get out of my head watching that is getting Alex Wolf out of my mind screaming <laughs> Nick Cage lines at the top of his lungs at two in the morning. So, um, but yeah, and it's one that I have not wa- gone back and rewatched, but I want to because, again, when you see what it's really leading up to, I'm sure there's tons of hints leading oh, up to yeah. that. Um, but yeah, um, I did once it gets. Once you realize what really is going on, I kind of started to piece things together as like, oh, okay. And then I kind of knew where it was heading. Um, same with Midsummer. I don't know. Maybe that's just an Ari Aster thing. Like, I kind of know all the beats he's kind of going to hit. But, yeah. I mean, it was number two on my list, and it was number one on yours. So, it's obviously no slouch. Um, and now I'll let you talk about your number two, since we went out of sequence a little bit. Um, if you want to talk about Sinister which was pretty low on my list. I think it was at like, what, like seven or something? Yeah. Um, but Sinister, also very good. Um, yeah, I'll let you take the reins, and then I'll chime in. Yeah, so Sinister is, it's admittedly a kind of controversial pick, I guess, for So High. I think a lot of people hated that movie. Um, 
I personally love Sinister, and I didn't expect to like it. So I was just going back and watching movies that I kind of missed out on um, when I, I didn't care about horror movies at all, and I got to Sinister, and I I loved everything about that movie. I thought it was a masterpiece. I think the snuff films were really disturbing, especially like the lawnmower one. Right. Got, and they, they did a great job of what you didn't see was disturbing, because I don't think they actually showed much. It cuts right, right before the lawnmower runs them over. But I think that was great. Um, Ethan Hawke put on a put on a great performance there. He wore the same sweater for the entire movie. I don't know if you caught that with those, those goofy elbow pads. But yeah, I thought it was great. Um, and it's it's weird that I like this movie so much because Sinister Two is probably my least favorite horror movie of all time. It is bad. <laughs> Like, really bad. Have you seen it? I have not seen it. I've heard it was terrible, so, so I never watched it. Yeah, it's James Ransone. He's the, the guy who plays... Uh, the cop? Yeah, he's... Yeah. It's Deputy all, So-and-so. All, also in It Chapter 2. Yeah, he's Eddie from It Chapter 2. And I thought that was perfect casting, by the way. He looks exactly like the kid. I did, too. And I expected <laughs> to hate him in It because of, uh, because of his performance in Sinister 2, but... Yeah, Sinister 2 was bad. It, it relied too heavily on children, so it really doubled down on that whole children aspect of it, and right. it was it was not good. But the first one is is very good. I think the snuff films were really creepy and disturbing. I think the twist was a creative one, and I think it, it was portrayed pretty well. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much more to say. Well, than one that, of the things that I really liked about it is it kind of walks that line where if you were to take all the horror and supernatural elements out of it, it's still a very good mystery and thriller. Like, if it had turned out to be, like, any other thing other than the boogeyman or whatever they call him in that, I think it still would have worked as a crime thriller, um, which is really neat, and the horror was just kind of an added bonus. Um, Yeah, I thought it was really good, and I have a soft spot for any movie that has to do with journalism or reaching or watching old films and stuff like that. I mean, they're watching all that on, like, 8mm film and stuff like that, so I always have, like, a soft spot for movies that do that. so yeah, I thought it was a solid flick. Um, number two on your list. Your number one was Hereditary, which we talked about extensively. Right. Number one on my list, you talked about pretty low on yours as well, so I guess we kind of flip-flopped here with the Sinister thing. But my number one on my list, not really because it's the greatest film of all time, it's actually a flawed film, but it is the one that I enjoy the most I try to make it a tradition to watch it every single Halloween. Uh, it's the perfect time of year. I'm talking, obviously, about Trick or Treat, my favorite modern horror film. Um, it brought the anthology film back to its heyday. Um, we got a lot of anthologies back in the 80s, 70s, 60s even with Black Sabbath. But Trick or Treat brought it back. And then we've seen it since in films like Ghost Stories with Martin Freeman, the guy from The Hobbit. Um, and VHS, obviously, the series of anthologies. But Trick or Treat's the one that started it in this modern era. Um, I've always liked anthology films like Twilight Zone the movie, Creepshow, stuff like that. Um, And Trick or Treat actually puts a spin on the anthology films where it's not just... Like in, like in Creepshow, like for example, it's very different stories, and it's just kind of tied together. It's like, oh, we're all in the same book. Right. But Trick or Treat... It's interweaving stories that all have a little bit to do with each other, but not too much, and we're getting them out of sequence. Like, it's not like a story starts and then it finishes. It's all these stories are happening at the same time. So I thought that was a very unique idea. Um, and I Halloween is my favorite holiday, obviously, and even more so than Halloween, 
this movie is Halloween. Yeah. Like, Michael Myers and stuff, like, oh, we see a pumpkin every once in a while. Trick or Treat is Halloween. You cannot look at this movie without seeing a billion pumpkins everywhere, trick or treaters. Um, it's just insane. Um, and all the stories are really, really cool. Um, there's one about a group of girl werewolves, and one of them is the quote unquote virgin, but that basically means she has not killed anyone yet. Right. That is how they play. That is like, oh, it's your first time and like stuff like that. So it's a nice joke. And then when you get the twist, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I think uh, they they do a great job of balancing them. Like it almost doesn't feel like an anthology piece. Yeah, because they're so interwoven that it, it, it it's a very smooth transition between. Right. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's not like a story starts and finishes. All of these is one overarching story with characters that sometimes go together and sometimes they don't. Um, there's also a story with a bunch of kids that are, I don't know what they, the terminology they use, but they're screwed up kids um, mentally. And basically all the parents in the town pay the bus driver to put the bus over a cliff, yeah. get rid of the kids, and then maybe the kids come back, maybe they don't. Um, could be a prank. And then there's also a story about uh, the school principal who wants to get Halloween back to its sacrificial origins. Yeah. So he's out there killing people. Um, that's and, when they start with, too. That's, like, the first yeah, that's actual a, story. Right. Because at the beginning, they tease it with, like, the before the credits thing. Right. But that comes back at the end. Um, and then it's all interwoven together by Sam, who is the little sack boy that we see every Halloween. And he has become the newest like most recognizable horror icon that there is so that's why I, this movie couldn't be anything but number one on my list because it gave us essentially the next michael myers the next freddy krueger i mean this is the guy that made like a new icon that we haven't really gotten in a while um and yeah i love the movie there's a john carpenter um wannabe basically it's like a parody of john carpenter who we find out at the end who he really is and that's a good twist i didn't see it coming on my first watch. i didn't either yeah my roommate actually pointed that out to me and i was like oh now it makes sense yeah. I, I think sam's great and it's the dichotomy of sam because like when he's got his mask on he's almost kind of cute in a yeah. weird way and then when he takes his mask off he's real weird looking oh yeah <laughs> but i liked it i thought it was great um he's he's a great a great figure there and I, I i wish they would do something else with it yeah uh they've been talking about a sequel for many many years um but then the director actually did the sequel to godzilla he did godzilla king of the monsters so i don't know if he's gonna return to his his indie horror roots right. but i would love for him to do that i'd love to see another trick-or-treat movie um but who knows if it'll ever happen i know they've continued like the same character and like graphic novels and things of that nature, but right. I want another movie, yeah. um, for sure. So that's on my wish list. Um, I guess I'll just go through my list one more time. So for number ten, I had the Babadook. Number nine, I had Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Um, next up was It Follows, Sinister, Cabin in the Woods, Terrifier, Get Out, Oculus, Hereditary, and then Trick or Treat. Yeah, and then my, my ten were uh, Clown at Ten, Trick or Treat, It Follows, Oculus, Midsummer, Cabin in the Woods, Get Out, It, Sinister, and then Hereditary at number one. 
Very cool. Well, if you guys have seen any of these films, let us know down in the comment section below. Let us know what you thought about the films. And obviously this list was kind of limited to films that we've actually seen. So if there were some movies that we missed out on because we haven't seen them or we haven't heard of them, let us know about those too because I'm always looking for new stuff to watch. Yeah, I love recommendations. Cool. Well, Al, thanks for having this discussion with me. And yeah, I will see you guys back here tomorrow for another episode of the House of Horror. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was a blast. Cool. Take care and stay spooky.